ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield talking to you from the Land Investment Expo taking place in Des Moines, Iowa today. And quite the interesting uh, different forms of conversation that we have had. And I, I think the best one has been so far today about if you invest in farmland, you are investing in mankind. Um, that was just talking about the fact that investing in the farmland means investing in the opportunity for many folks across the world to eat. And, and very well. And perfect for what we're going to be talking about today and that's a lot of food proteins what's been happening in the livestock side of the trade today we know it's been kind of a struggle bus especially for those hog markets but let's look at what's happening absenteeism at the plants we got weather that's adding to the weights already on there big meat appetites for proteins and big margins steady firm on that cash is what we're thinking well, not me but who was going to join me today we'll also take a look on the flip side we've got a big usda report coming out tomorrow we will talk more about that on the back side as we bring brad into the conversation. He is with Koima Koima and Farlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So let's talk about these proteins to start out with. And obviously, absenteeism seems to be making more and more headlines today. Uh, without a doubt, Susan. By the way, thanks for having me on. Um, I, um, you know, in the <clears throat> typically what, uh, what at least what I do, and I think most analysts or brokers do, is you, you know, I, I remember when I was first a punk here 41 years ago, someone, the guy described it to me, he says, well, think of it as an old, like that, remember that, you see it in attorney's offices, that, that scale of justice thing, you know, where there's mm-hmm. two, there's the bar, and you, so in the morning you, okay, let's throw in all the bullish news on this basket, and they'll throw the bearish news on on that basket, and see which one wins, right? And, and because every day there's, there's bullish news, and every day there's bearish news, trust me. Um, so, you know, as you look at across the deal here on the cattle thing, and, you know, I'm a glass half full type of a guy, but um, this absenteeism has been a very real problem, not just in the packing industry, but many others. But, you know, we're talking about cattle. So last week's kilp, well, by the time we were all said and done, I would say we probably harvested thirty to 35,000 less cattle uh, than we uh, could have, should have, or what the available supply was. Um, one week, you know, one robin doesn't make it spring and one week doesn't change everything, but it's concerning. Um, so this week now you're going like, well, maybe, you know, this, uh, this, um, Omicron variant seems to be, uh, less severe, much quicker moving, you know, or much like a, say, a flu outbreak and then hopefully you get better quicker. Um, so we were hoping maybe this week would be better. So far, not so much. Last week, yesterday's kill was 113 and today's was 114. And we should probably kill 120 to 122. So um, it, conversely, though, what that has, has done, Susan, is you had light kill the last two weeks of the year, like always because of the holidays. And expectation was that we'd kill really big last week and refill all that pipeline of the meat supplies and everybody wants to reorder and blah, blah, blah. And, well, there isn't as much in the pipeline. And, and so boxed beef has gone sharply higher. And... Uh, that, I think, maybe is going to be our, um, you know, um, um, ray of light or whatever here in terms of what the cash market does. The other thing, you know, if we're talking about what's good, what's bad, uh, this weather, which has been very mild. I know it's cold. I know it's windy. But, I mean, these, these cattle are laying dry. They've, they've, they're doing it all. Um, the performance has been very good. So we're getting, and that's, I think, why the average weights are more than a year ago. Uh, but that's also something you got to pile on, unfortunately, on the negative side of the ledger. Well, there's got to be something happening on the positive side. <laughs> there you go, right? Um, of course. Um, and, and one is that uh, I would remind everyone that even though the weights are big, it wasn't because we were fighting the market. Uh, we're current. 
there's cattle that are making nice profits finally, and and we can't wait to sell them. I say we collectively. I think most of the feedlot sector would be. Um, so I, I don't sense that you know if we have one bad week or even two weeks that we're going to be in in a lot of trouble with backed up cattle. Secondly, like I kind of hinted at. Um, I think after all that went down here for the last year and a half since the COVID thing hit, when the boxes went over $400 and the cash market went the opposite direction, um, I, I think that the industry is very aware of uh, the uh, disingenuous nature that that happened then, and I think they're reluctant to go down that path again. In other words, I'll just say it. If the boxes are going to go a lot higher, I would be surprised if they would take the cash lower just because of the optics of it. Well, just like we have the positive and the negatives going on within this cattle market, it is definitely there in the hog market. And I want to talk about the exciting news that came out yesterday, USMEF announcing that India was going to be back taking some U.S. pork. Yeah, India. Who knew, right? I mean, uh, I... I uh uh, I think that's a pretty big country. <laughs> yeah, obviously, we all know it is. It's huge. And I, I was a little surprised that the, we didn't get a little better reaction. Now, on top of it, they got AFS in, in Italy, which is right next to, or uh, you're starting to get in the shouting range of some of these big production uh, countries here in, in Europe. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, but the hogs, by nature, are, they are difficult to figure sometimes. I, I guess if I have to take a broader view, I, I continue to hear our pork producers in this area t- telling me that the interest in their fat hogs is pretty good. In other words, packers need to buy a few. Uh, and that um, uh, the ability to source uh, feeder pigs, both isoene and, and, say, regular feeder pigs, is very, very difficult. And that's because of continued disease problems in enough areas. Some of those feeder pig replacement costs are sky high. And uh, I think that's a reflection of tighter supply. So you can tell my bias is to be a little bit friendly. Um, but, uh, yeah, the price action this last four days have been pretty poor. But uh, I guess I'll stick with my friendly bias anyway, Susan. We'll definitely take that. This ASF, though, as we continue to see it spread, is it causing any nervousness concerns for here in the states that you're hearing rumbles about? Uh, I think that's probably why we broke this week, actually. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, there's there's most... You know, you t- I, I'm not a veterinarian. Um, of course, I'm an idiot that trades futures. Um, doesn't barely know his own phone number, right? As we can attest to, based on our, my last deal, um, the uh, most there's a, there's a, there's at least a sentiment by a lot of people that that's not whether we get it, it's when we get it. Okay, um, and, and, and I know that you know the industry is going to try to realize it. And we're going to try to you know, be able to, to, to source and trace and and uh, hopefully you know continue to do some business. But of course. As you talk to your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, they'll tell you our product lineup is second to none. Here's Eric Wasinius with Peterson Livestock near Oxford, Nebraska. I think a lot of it is as far as what really makes Fontenelle stand out is our product lineup. Um, we've got things that will fit in pretty much any environment or situation that we run into in uh, central Nebraska. To find out more about products or how you can become a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide levels. Yeah. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing this conversation this afternoon with Brad Coima. Again, he's with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So we've got a USDA report coming out. And if you remember from years past, this January January report is probably one of the most important USDA reports we get. It does set a lot of tones and it does a look back as well, Brad. 
Uh, well, it, this one is notorious as being a ball buster, uh, pardon me, but uh, it was last year, it was the year before that. If you guys remember last year's report, uh, that was the one that was quite bullish. Uh, we saw a severe drop in the ending stocks, as the USDA had seemed to me and many others, like they finally figured out that the crop before that one, right, when it was too wet and everything else, um, was not as big as they had claimed it to be. So uh, the, the, the report... Before that one, of course, was real bearish when they held to their ideas that the the planted acreage, uh, even though it it got planted in July, was still nearly a record crop. Anyway, let's not go revisit all of that. But you know, as they muddle through the statistics of this, typically this January report uh, is volatile to say the least. A couple of things jump out to me. I mean, one of the things is kind of old school, but. <clears throat> There is a pattern usually that big crops tend to get bigger, um, uh, you know, and, and I guess I think about that particularly maybe in the bean number, um, you know, as there was a lot, there was some late rain that took that crop from being, well, we hope it's okay to like, holy cow, it's really good in some places, the best that it had ever been. I know not everywhere, but uh, there were many areas where it was that way. It certainly was in my neck of the woods um, uh, with many guys talking about, you know, uh, record bean yields. So, you know, that, that kind of sticks in the back of my mind. Um, what we're kind of expecting here, Susan, is a corn number that isn't a long ways from um, what we had uh, the last uh, report. Uh, total production number, uh, they're expecting maybe to be slightly less uh, because they're also expecting the, uh, uh, maybe a, about the same yield, but maybe a little bit of a tail off in the acres. But average guess on the corn production of 1.449. Uh, last month it was 1.493. So, and a year ago it was 1238, 1.23. So, you know, a lot bigger than what we thought. Um, the two big numbers, of course, on this thing are the yield. Um, last month, they thought the yield on the corn would be 177. The guess is still 177. Last month, they thought the yield on the beans was 51.2. Now the guess is 51.3. So they're also translating into a slightly slight increase in the production number on the on the on the soybeans. So I don't know. You know, if I knew what the report was, or if I had an ability to know, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't need to know much else. Um, I, I guess my feeling is talking to a producer here. Um, I, I think that the bean market bears paying attention to if you are a hedger. Uh, I think that there's some uh, an awful lot of uh, South American weather what if premium that's built into the market. I worry that if that weather changes, you know, significantly, say it starts to rain late in their growing season, you get a deal like we had. Uh, that I, I think that the soybean market to me feels a bit vulnerable, Susan. Um, I don't know if it's going to rain down there. Heck, I don't even know when it's raining here in Iowa, and I live here most times, so it's it's difficult. Um, one of the things on the corn, though, and we've talked about it, is you know, old timers will tell you, write this down, youngsters that are listening. Basis spreads in the market, okay? Basis spreads in the market, okay? The the basis on the corn is really tight and really strong, and look at the spreads. If you're young, you, you can look a long time to see March corn being a premium to July corn. 601 March, $6 even on July. Look it up. It happens almost never, okay? That's pulling grain out of the spring and summer to now because that's how bad they need it. And an awful lot of that, of course, is fueled by this red-hot ethanol business, Susan. So um, 
Uh, you can tell I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I got an upward bias, friendly bias on the corn because of the strength of the cash and the basis, and I'm a little concerned about the bean deal, both from I think that the, the if they find out the crop was a hair bigger than they thought last year, and then some sort of aberration, you know, in terms of uh, South America. And we haven't talked about inputs. You know, you might have a little bit of that in the back of everybody's mind. You know, are we going to next report are we going to start talking about, well, less bean, less corn acres because of the cost to raise corn? and maybe a few more bean acres. We'll see. Real quick before we wrap this up, and you and I have had this discussion before, I think tomorrow when this report comes out at 11 o'clock, expect some sort of knee-jerk reaction and the frustration that goes along with it because you guys don't get that instantaneous reaction looking at the data like the computers and the algorithms do. You're right. Um, I have, I have uh, spent some time trying to campaign uh, about how poor an idea this is with both the USDA and with the uh, CME. And, um, you know, I'm a little wore out because I'm also trying to, uh, I'm obviously very actively engaged in, in cattle market reform. Um, Put, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? 800-358-3047. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Again, talking to you from the Land Investment Expo in Des Moines. As always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.